Hello there, folks. This is Jim the Keys Bartender coming to you back. It's uh, December 30th, and uh, I'll get into the homebound part. And uh, I know I'm sounding pretty good, don't I? Um, You know, once you uh, get something done, you've been really intending to. I'm back from my surgery. I'll get into that more of detail a little later. I have a recording of me coming out of... uh, anesthesia about a half hour after that uh after surgery i got about a minute of that but uh i've been receiving a lot of uh uh, po- uh posts from uh people and uh, uh responses on my facebook page uh hoping me for a quick recovery uh, the biggest thing right now is just running the drain from my neck. It looks like uh, everything went well. But uh, while I was doing that, a friend of mine, Mike Amoroso in Philadelphia, uh, he uh, g- really good friend, a nice, great guy. I worked with him at, in, in catering over 20 years ago uh, in a place called Rosewood Caterers. And there's tons of stories with that place uh, right there. I can go into them. Um, in the future, but, uh, right now I want to say, I wish, uh, Mike was in the hospital for 27 days with a blood clot in his lungs due to COVID-19. And I just found out this morning, I got a message from him. Uh, one of the nicest guys I've ever, uh, met, uh, an avid, an avid, oh, sorry for that, an avid golfer and, uh, oh, much loved in, uh, the, He's a graduate of Father Judge High School. That's uh, That was a rival of my high school, Archbishop Ryan High School. But uh, I got a lot of friends from Father Judge. And uh, he, he's, he's an, a very active alumnus. And he has a lot of friends in Northeast Philadelphia. Avid golfer. Likes to ski, too. We had a lot of fun on ski trips. And Mike is being discharged today. That's the best thing I ever heard. I heard to, I'm, I'm getting information from him that was been in a, he was in a hospital for 27 days with a clot in his lungs. And I hear from today. Uh, I know. I, I wish I could have reached out to him before. But I don't know how much help I would have been because I was all anxious. You know, I got a real selfish about my thing. But uh, Mike was in there for 27 days. And I know there's people that have been in there longer, but that's pretty, pretty long uh, for here. And uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people um, uh, up in his neck of the woods that are, are waiting patiently for him to be released. And uh, hopefully we can get Mike down here to Key Largo. And uh, I think he has vacation coming up in March. That's what he said to me. And I told him he can, he's welcome to stay with us. So with us. And uh, I, I'm not much of a golfer. And matter of fact, uh, people get turned off, I think, turned off to my golf skills. Uh, but I don't want to ruin it for him. It could ruin golf for you, Mike, if, if you ever listen to this episode. But here's you wishing you a, a great uh home recovery. And, uh, it was great hearing from you. And I also have my friend Jim Feely and I apologize to him. I, I didn't call him back. He sent me a nice message and, you know, I was waiting about all the, you know, a lot, had a lot of cancellations of this, uh, surgery and it was surreal since, uh, moving on to it that I haven't had a surgery since I was 50 years, 50 years it's been 
since I was seven years old when I had um, some uh, operation done to remove all my adenoids. I didn't have my tonsils removed. And uh, I had uh, drains put in my ear. I always had drain problems. I spoke to my father uh, last week, and he told me years ago, years ago, and people I know, most of you know it, that whenever someone had uh, throat infections, uh, constant throat infections, they would uh, just do the thing about removing the tonsils. And nowadays, they don't do it as often. So... What happened, uh, I'm going to probably, uh, I'll go up to the point, I'm going to describe what happened real quick. I don't want to bore you guys with all this stuff, but uh, we're in Key Largo. Um, the date for the start, the time for the start of the uh, uh, surgery was scheduled, originally scheduled for 4.30, and then I got a call on the 22nd, and they said 3 o'clock, which was better. I like to be a little earlier. And so I, they wanted me up at one, but then a couple of days later, they called me and said it was back to four thirty. And so, you know, the night before they had me not eat so, uh, after twelve, not drink any liquids, no water. Now it's it's a standard thing for everyone. Uh, so I loaded up on uh, these uh, some pasta. And thing like that, just as much as I could, almost uh, try to, you know, drink a lot of water and uh, got myself. They have this uh, cleansing regimen where you have to use this special soap. Uh, make sure you remove all, you know, all the stuff that, you know, I'm not going to go over go over that with you. But, you know, removal of jewelry, not, not putting on any antiperspirant. Um, or any lotions you might you uh, use, any hair product. So I got to the hospital, and it's surreal going down there because you get to the hospital, and there's no one in the area I went. Because in Miami, I went to Baptist Maine, Miami. It's a huge hospital here in Miami. Uh, great bunch of people. I work for Baptist, but um, they 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 are very. Um, helpful people but they they're loaded with uh covid patients like many of the big cities in the united states right now so they're doing their surgeries almost all their surgeries in uh, a different region of the hospital so they're using they're optimizing uh i had to go to their cardio and vascular unit and went in there and we were the there was one other person in a 25, 30 seat pre-registration area or registration area when we got there. And then when we got into uh, the pre, uh, this was pre-pre-registration. And then we went to where you're waiting to go into pre-op. We went uh, up there and it was probably 30%, which they said it wasn't as busy as it normally was, but it was, it's still big. It was, it's as big as any, one I've seen in a um, Philadelphia hospital. And it's very nice. They had a lot of, uh, I gosh, I mean, everyone was very professional, very nice when they're working there. Uh, so we're sitting around, not knowing what to do. And you give you a pink sheet, tell you what they're going on. There were there wasn't as much paperwork as I thought there would be. I, I signed my name like four or five times, sent up to the room, gave me a, uh, a rose-colored piece of paper with my... Uh, my name on it 
and the doctor and the surgery. And then he took me to pre-op area and he sat in there for a couple hours. So I think he brought me in around three o'clock. I sat in there about three, three hours. And I was one of the last people in the pre-op area at the time. I don't think there was anybody. There may have been some other people in there, but I was one of the last surgeries of the day. That's when I really got anxious. Abby was with me and, uh, she, uh, she was nervous and I was speculating. I was saying, Hey, listen, after I'm done, you know, if you don't have to, uh, I wasn't concerned about it's, it's weird. Okay. This is trying to put this in perspective. I wasn't concerned about the surgery. I was concerned about the surgery, meaning it happening at all. So when, you know, 4.30, you know, what happened is you can never tell how long certain surgeries take. You know, as people are getting um, getting fractures fixed, having uh, heard a gentleman next to me. I'm not giving away information, but he was having a gallstone surgically removed. And I I mean, there's a bunch of different operating rooms, but you don't know how long the previous one's going to take. And then they got to sanitize it and get it ready and prep it for the next one. So I'm waiting. And I'm waiting for the doctor. And I've never had, uh, I haven't, it's been 50 years and I'm sure things have changed. 50 years is like, uh, I mean, the technology had to, uh, had to incredibly change. And my blood pressure's elevated and all this stuff. Cause I'm worrying about it being canceled. It's stuck in my head. That is the main thing that's bothered me. And as soon as they get, start wheeling me out. I start relaxing even before they give me this. Uh, what they do is they give you the cocktail to calm you down before they give you the, the gas. So once I start getting re- wheeled out, I start relaxing. Holy crap. That was like when I know they're wheeling me and they're not taking me to the front. Once they started administering, I, I'm relaxed. I'm ready to do it. Let's get this done. I know I'm going to be out. So I go into the room. Uh, uh, this, the ER and not the ER, the uh, operating room, OR. And there's three attendants. I tell people who started talking to me, I'm getting a little loopy uh, because I got the the uh, whatever cocktail they gave me of, of you know, anesthesia. And they're very upbeat in there. Gosh, they're having a good time. It's a couple of days after Christmas, you know, uh, New Year's Eve's rolling around and stuff like that. Very ni- nice group of people. They asked me a bunch of questions, asked me a thing. They, oh, they, they checked the mark on the side of my face, so, you know, where they're going to cut. So they don't do an actual dental cut on the wrong side. You know, very busy people. And uh, a gentleman I told, for some reason, I told him I do a podcast. He goes, oh, I got to get on that podcast and stuff like that. He never gave me a name and stuff like that. I don't think I gave my card and stuff. I did tell him what it was. So if he does contact me at jimmykeysbartender.com, I'd be happy to have them on. And they can tell me what happened during the surgery. Because the funny thing about it, I met the surgeon 25 minutes before the surgery. And that was the last time I saw him. Meaning I know he was there because I have a surgery. But that was it. I went out and then when. I, I'm wheeling, they're wheeling me out of the OR and that's when I'm waking up. And I remember, I remember everything coming, 
through the doors, you know, somewhat. It was kind of clouding coming up. And uh, the, the, the thing I was really concerned about at that point, it was, um, I think it was around 8.30. I wanted uh, Abby to head on home. So I wanted her to see me and see that was all right. And uh, they showed me a picture of it, uh, what it was going on. Man, it looked like it looked like they took a small uh, scoop, a melon ball scooper out of behind my jaw. It was all puckered in and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I guess I'm coming out of effects, but I really, I wasn't really care. I'm not really, I wasn't really concerned about scarring because here I am 57 years old. I had, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a perfectionist than when it comes to the beauty department, but, uh, I don't, I guess I'm not that egocentric. So I wasn't going to, I am really amazed though. I will get to you about the results of this. It was good. It was good results, but I, I come out slowly come out, uh, of the anesthesia, see Abby, they take me up to this, uh, post-op area and they put me right in front of, you know, where the nurse's station is. And I'm going to, right now I'm going to play about a minute of when I'm first able to really talk. Okay. And I promised that I would do it. I did do a, a podcast from the room, but that was a couple hours after that. This one was, um, I think I did the first, the, 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 the eight minutes I did was like one, two o'clock in the morning. This one was much earlier. Here we go. Okay, it's 10 o'clock, uh, 10 after 11 on Monday. I'm my uh, surgery. I'm in the uh, recovery room. I'm in my room at this hospital. Um went pretty good I guess I don't know for they got a pretty big divot out of side of my behind my jawline I hope that fills in a little but um, beggars can't be choosers and I appreciate everything everyone did pretty interesting um, boy they knock you right out with the anesthesia that was uh, I went into the OR they put me something to calm down, then they gave me a little gas, and I was out, and then I came out um, five minutes after. I'll give you a little update a little later, feeling a little sore. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, I don't know how well you were able to hear that, but uh, yeah, I'm, I was more, I guess that probably sounded more like when I was actively drinking. You know, after I had four or five drinks, I probably sounded like that normally. Maybe a little louder, but, you know, my throat was sore and all that stuff. But that whole night, my uh, after that, it was, uh, you know, they have the, the, the intravenous in your in your arm and uh, they have a uh, circulatory assistance for your legs because they worry about clotting. I guess it's prevention. It was one of the things the insurance companies came up because they never had it before, but, you know. I don't think laying in bed for like 12, 12, 13 hours were going to give me a blood clot. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I mean, they got to do it for the point point oh five percent or point of the possibility of someone getting a blood clot going to their heart or lungs. So 
uh, I sat there, had that on, had to intervene. So every time, I remember at this point, it's was 11 o'clock at night. And the first time I had to get up and pee, get, you know, you're in your surgical gown. And your, your ass is hanging out. You got to hold that. And I got the, um, in the front, I got the drain. I got this, oh, the one thing I forgot to tell you. Uh, two inches below my ear, I have a tube coming out of my neck. And I have a uh, 60 milliliter cont- plastic container, teardrop-shaped container with two spouts. One with the tube going in and another with a drainage one that I... Uh, that we drain every uh, little while to get the fluids out so there's no endemas. I think it's called an endema under the skin or any fluid buildup where the surgery took place. Yeah, it's gross. I know. I'm sorry. But, hey, listen, I've been talking about it so long. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about it. So, you know, you're coming out of this stuff. Your throat's sore. I have to pee. I had to pee seven times. That night, I had to take a piss seven times. And each time, until the last two times, I had to ask a nurse to go pee because I'm hooked up to the intravenous saline solution. And it really gave me the, you know, whatever antibiotics. And uh, fortunately, it wasn't a lot of pain or anything like that. I took a couple of Tylenols and things like that. I'm not that tough, but I'm uh, what I... You know, I, I don't choose to take pain medication because I'm cons- the one concern I have, and people think, you know, I don't drink, you worry about, is I'm not, was never really a pill guy, so I never have. I know, I was so into alcohol and cigarettes that I, I really never had like a big desire for it. But I didn't want the pain medication in case someday I've had some back problems in the in the past where I pulled a muscle and stuff like that. And I realized how painful that could be when I had a sprained ankle and all that stuff. Um, so I wanted to, I didn't want to get used to any pain medication because I, I want it to be really effective when I need it. And it's a selfish thing. I know. I'm. I, some people say that the, the nurses go and say, listen, you got to do this. You, you got to tell us if you're in pain. It's said, listen, really, it isn't painful. It's like, like at worst, it got to like a two or maybe not even a three. You know, it was more, it's more of a discomfort because you got this freaking thing on your neck and you don't want to do anything to rip it out. You know, just think like you look, if any of you are sci-fi people and Star Trek, the next generation fans, think the Borg the Borg, when they had these tubes coming out, stuff like that. What a weird setup. And for an advanced cyborg, you're going to have these tubes that can just be ripped out like one of those flimsy flimsy chain link things that people put on their door. The locks, you know, the chain locks. You think, why, why do people do it? It's like to say, oh, well... I don't want you to come in my door, but if you apply five pounds of pressure, you're going to get in. So, I mean, stop one of those weak zombies, maybe. So, I had all that. uh, My biggest concern was uh, that I had it because my throat's sore and all that. I'm not really hungry. I'm drinking, eating ice ice chips and all that. And I couldn't really sleep. I listened. You saw me, heard me doing a podcast. Uh, 
didn't watch a lot of TV because you don't want to do it. You got the thing in your neck. You're getting used to that. Um, messing around with social media. And that's about it. And then the next day, you start thinking about food. So it was about 30, after 35 hours, you get some food. And I'll tell you something. If you really want to enjoy, and this was my breakfast, if you really want to enjoy hard-boiled eggs, boiled potatoes, Cheerios, a roll, and jelly, don't eat for 35 hours, and then you'll really enjoy two hard-boiled eggs, three boiled potatoes, Cheerios, orange juice, decaf coffee. And you know how I feel about decaf coffee. I mean, even after a while, it's nice getting some decaf coffee when you haven't had coffee for almost two days. And, uh, oh, it was almost two days because I didn't have, uh, I stopped drinking coffee like uh, Monday at 11 and this was Tuesday at uh, 9 o'clock. So, yeah, I woke up. I had some wonderful people caring for me. The doctor, I don't want to mention the doctor's name and things like that, but I mean, my the nurses in the hospital, Vera, uh, yeah, I'm just giving her first name. So Vera was one, Alicia, Natalia, Caroline, and pre-op. Caroline and the Natalia, they took me to the operation, and Vera was the night nurse, and... Alicia was the day nurse that helped me out at the end. They showed me everything I needed to do, uh, gave me instructions. And I'll tell you, it's funny. It's much like when people warn me about how a 13 and 14-year-old child behaves. People say, oh, how old is your child? 13, 14. Oh, my God, good luck. And I said, well, listen, she's no, my daughter's no uh, saint, but she's certainly no devil either. She's a sweetheart. I love her. I like her being a little, you know, uh, rambunctious sometimes, but um, people exaggerate things, right? My discharge, I had the only thing, I, my surgery was done, so I wasn't that, my only was concern was uh, Abby and Sky waiting around too long for me when they were picking me up. That was the only concern. I wanted to call them as soon. I would have called them when someone came in. You know, the check start the discharge, the representative, the, the, uh, uh, the rep, uh, the, the, the physician's assistant came in to check on me and go over d- directions on what I, I should do when I go home. And once that happened, holy crap, I put my clothes on, uh, went to the bathroom. They gave me a bag of stuff. They made sure I had the prescriptions and all that stuff. It moved along so quick. I'm telling you, it was from the time I saw the person, representative of the doctor, and they let me, uh, they gave gave me discharge orders to the, the nurses in the unit. I was in the chair downstairs in about 10 minutes, and I'm ready to get on my phone. I think I'm going to be there like 30, 40 minutes. Maybe three, four minutes. And then this really nice young woman named Lauren comes out with paper. She uh, she has the discharge orders and stuff. I don't even remember if I signed it. It was so easy. So I, And then I grab my bag of my toothpaste, my phone, my charger, and my glasses. And 
anything I needed to take home with me and walked out the door and the girls were waiting for me. And I was home. That's it. And now I'm home. Uh, I know. After all this stuff, there was, you know, after everything, you're thinking, well, it's a tumor, most likely benign. I guess we're going to find that stuff out later. But most likely benign. I think they probably got it in time. And uh, doesn't. I'm not. uh, The last pain medication I took was last night was Tylenol before I went to bed. And I still feel that, you know, you still feel the drain coming. You can eat. People thought I was going to be able to eat for a while. I'm going to be doing soup and all that stuff. I'm glad we didn't load up on soup because I'm a meat and potatoes guy and I'm able to eat that stuff. And that's pretty much it. I'm just going to have to wait a week. I think part of it, uh, I'm just speculating. The only reason there might be a week is because it's falling over New Year's. So, and it, I'm sorry for the gross picture uh, I'm posting, but there's a tube coming out and every 12 hours I'm dumping it and I write down, I'm logging that stuff. I feel like Howard Hughes with his urine. If you've seen the movie The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio, he he kept all his urine, he, you know, keep it stacked up and stuff like that. So I drain, drain the fluid. It's coming out kind of, it's blood with other stuff in it, and uh, it's less and less every t- every 12 hours, which is good. As long as it's draining somewhat, not building up in my uh, body, I am set. That's all I have to do, and uh, follow the, the antibiotics. So I'd like to move on now. I'd like to thank everyone, everyone who helped out. Everyone that wished me well, I am doing. You can tell by the sound of my voice. I think you can tell. That is, uh, I posted a picture. So you see, hey, listen, I, I'm thinking, I better get some pictures of this guy. This doctor may have done such a good job, such a good job, that all this scarring me. No, but it's, it's a. I was really surprised. I was really surprised about the scarring. In the beginning, I'm looking at it, I go, wow, it's much worse than I thought. It looked like I was shot behind the jaw line. Like say, like I said, a melon baller took a scoop of, of flesh out there. And today, it starts it's filling in, not, not being swollen or anything like that. But and And you could, I don't see any stitches. I didn't ask them how they were going to suture it. So I guess there may be glue or something like that because you, they did the cut from my ear down to my neck and all that stuff, maybe seven inches. But even that, don't see that too much. So all in all, I have to say, uh, I'll ask my doctor next time if I can say his name if he wants to, but uh, he did a really, really good job. And I have till Tuesday with this drain in my neck and uh, hopefully that that'll be it and then I can get some other things taken care of so and which aren't as dire as this one was so and it's it's definitely outpatient the other stuff but I had to get taken care of this stuff before I could take care of the other stuff because this was the important one and I wouldn't be able to if I you know 
if I tried to take care of it, I would it would have put off three, four weeks. And I kept on getting dates within two, three weeks of each other. So that's it now. We can move on. New Year's Eve is rolling up. We're in the Keys, and I swear to God, we're coming back from the hospital. I'm not talking about the hospital anymore. But the last, when we were going up to the hospital on Monday, it was packed coming in. And it was packed coming back on uh, Tuesday. Uh, I had enough wherewithal to remember that we can go down this other road. There's two roads in the Keys, and I'm not, I may piss off the people in Key Largo, but if you don't like standing in traffic and don't mind driving a couple extra miles, there's this road to the left right before you get overseas highway called Cardstown Road. And Cardstown Road takes you more of a, a north, um, not north, southeasterly direction, more southeasterly, more east than south. That the uh, Route 1 takes you directly into Key Largo proper. And uh, Cardstown Road takes you in a north-north Key Largo up near uh, the gated community of uh, Ocean Reef. But if you don't like, if you like to be moving along and stuff like that, because either way, the, the scenery on the rides down the road of Overseas Highway when you leave the mainland is not what it is when you're in the Keys. The scenery when you're in the Keys, that's the part when you're driving, when you get down to Tavernier and Amarada and start going over the bridges. That's when you start getting some of the beautiful sights. I guess when you get over the bridge, and it's called Jewfish Creek Bridge at mile marker 109, going down to 107, you get, it's a big bridge. You can see over to the Atlantic, and you can see the uh, Blackwater Sound, which goes into Florida Bay, and the, and then the Gulf of Mexico. That, that uh, I mentioned this before. When you're driving into Key Largo, that is not the place to stop to take pictures, though it looks like it'd be a great place to stop and get pictures, because it's only a two-lane road going to, into the Keys, and you're going to piss off some people if you try to stop there, and it's very dangerous. Um. Yeah, we they just put just put the walls up so people couldn't see it. I know it sucks, but you know the people passengers because the drivers sometimes it's the infrequent people that stop to take a picture right there. They're just so into it. But uh, there's a bunch of places down in the Keys where you can do that. So we we took Cardstown Road, which takes you in a more easterly northeasterly direction into the Keys and takes you to the very top of the key chain the keychain, hey, yeah, with a chain of our keys. Um, a lot of people think the beginning, when you come off that overseas highway, it's the beginning, actually the beginning is Cartstown Road. And you go down, and then there's a, uh, about a 10-mile road that takes you right into Key Largo proper. And uh, virtually no uh, traffic. But people are pouring in, even though they're not having any official New Year's Eve or New Year's celebration in Key West. And I think from today to January 3rd, if I'm not correct, there's a 10 p.m. curfew, which I don't see that. Uh, I don't see how they're going to be able to enforce that down there with their, uh, I mean, they may have 100 people on their, or two, you know, at Maybe a hundred people on their police force. 
I don't know how you're going to force a uh, curfew. There's a lot of people, and I understand a lot of them aren't wearing uh, a mask. But I'm not going to get on, on that. This is the time of year. A lot of people are down here. I see them walking around. It's kind of a shitty day today, you know, uh, windy, uh mid-70s, going up in the upper 70s. It's going to be uh, some nice weather, but the wind is making it hard probably for the people on the water here. But I guess it's a lot better compared to some of the winter storms that are going up north. And I wish them well. And it's nice. I guess it's nice to be outside. And I think most people are being uh, reasonable about, you know, the, the need to cover up when you're going to... And trust me, I could tell by going to hospital and stuff like that. They're using one, they're using a cardiovascular institute for their surgeries at Miami. A lot of places down here or other places in the, in the country don't have that. Um, you know, this is a big uh, specialist area in Miami, just like, I guess, Atlanta and Philly and D.C. and Baltimore, all the way up to New York City and Boston, where you have those big units where they specialize in that and they don't convert, you know, it's, they have extra beds and people are foregoing, uh, I guess maybe Miami with all their, uh, cosmetic surgery, you know, not elective surgery. There's probably where Miami and LA are probably the elective surgery capitals in the United States. So, and you have to have, you do surgery in an operating room. So if they're not, and they have recovery areas for that. I feel a little like uh, right now with that drain in, like Roy Cohn, the lawyer for uh, that that lawyer. If you, he was a lawyer for Joe uh, on Joe McCarthy's uh, attorney for the House Services uh, House Committee for Un-American Activities, where he did the, the the communist witch hunts. And there was a movie called Citizen Cone with James Woods. And at one point towards the end, he, uh, he was a closet and homosexual. Not that, and he was anti, he acted, he was very homo, he acted homophobic, but he was gay, you know. And he was working for a conservative uh, senator, searching out communists and stuff like that. And, uh, and part of it, he shows up for a trial after all this happens, I guess it's in the 70s and 80s when Roy Cohn's getting plastic surgery and he has the drains hanging from his ears and stuff like that. Um, I kind of feel like that. So that's the one reason people don't see me around. I may be doing well, but the only reason I'm not working right now, oh, well, first, it's doctor's orders. Second of all, even if it wasn't doctor's orders, I wouldn't be doing it because I don't think in a restaurant, if I worked at, if I was, uh, I'd definitely probably be able to work remotely if I was doing that. Like I'm doing right now. I don't know if you can like to consider that work or not. People say, if it is work, Jim, you're doing a shitty job of that. Well, thank you very much. I'd like to thank everyone, uh, all the listeners, um, coming up on New Year's Day. I hope to be doing a, uh, we're going to have our special guest, Miss uh, Natty May from the United Kingdom, a lovely Scottish woman who uh, is, uh, uh, if you've listened to her before, she, she works as a, uh, she's an artist 
and um, I, I forgot, I want to present it the right way. She works in the adult industry. She's not a dancer or adult entertainer. She's more of a, uh, a dominatrix, I guess that would be. But uh, she is much, uh, we, we, when, when she's on, it's not, we're not trying to be, uh, we don't do gotcha stuff. I'm not like that. I may say fuck and shit and all that stuff, but, um, I, tr- you know, there's other shows for more detailed things like that. Uh, she's very interesting the way she views the world and we can get another perspective on, uh, sex workers and, uh, in one in one instance, and uh, what it's like to be in the United Kingdom right now, and we can compare notes and see how she's doing, because it's really tough for a lot of people working in certain industries right now. Uh, I think she did this remotely anyway, so this was a new endeavor. She didn't do uh, in person things, so I think there's actually probably a pretty good market for that. So we'll be looking to, to uh, doing a. I don't know if I'm live, I'll probably record it because uh, the internet has been really spotty around here. Um, as I said, I had my Christmas wish. If you uh, please share this episode with your friends. I'm so, I try not to be a downer. This is the last uh, time I'll talk about anything uh, about that surgery. But, you know, I figure since you're listeners, you want to know. And uh, I'd like to once again thank everyone, all the well wishers, everyone that helped out, things like that. I'm doing well. You could tell, I mean, if you could tell by my demeanor and my voice, uh, <clears throat> I have a little congestion. That's pretty much it. And uh, I'm going to try to get a little little stuff done. I got a little business done this early. I've been up in the morning. I'd probably take a nap. It's hard to sleep at night because of uh, minor discomfort. But other than that, I'm doing well. Okay. Well, listen. Take uh, care. Goodbye. If you have any questions, please send them to Jim at keysbartender.com. Please, once again, share with your friends. Listen to us on all those platforms. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, and it's back to Keys Bartender. That's all you got to look for, Keys Bartender right now. I got rid of the Florida Keys Bartender because I figure you guys are smart enough to know that when I say Keys, it's the Florida Keys. You can hear my voice, and it's not the Keys in some place else in the world or in it, you know, because when you talk about going down the keys, you know what the keys are, right? So, uh, if I don't, if you don't listen to any episode, I'm going to be doing another one tomorrow. That'd be the uh, New Year's Eve episode and I'll do a New Year's Day episode. Probably do uh, one on Friday. Oh, and I'd like to thank, uh, send a happy new year to, uh, Papa Joe, Jenna, Tyler, Damon, Kathy, Paige, um, all the listeners, I, I really do appreciate you guys. Um, who else? I'm going to try to mention people that are doing a podcast. Benny, Donna, the listeners, Calgary, Canada. I want to say th- special thank you to Calgary. A lot of downloads from Calgary. Washington, D.C., Washington, Virginia, Abington, Philadelphia, uh, Miami, obviously Key Largo, Key West, uh, Brazil, Belgium, Vietnam, the Russian Federation, Poland, 
uh, I think, you know, I have a couple listeners from different places in Poland, which I think is really interesting. Um, I haven't had too many Romanians recently, but L.A., Chicago, New York State, New York City, Boston. Uh, haven't had any listeners from Atlanta for a while, but I'm trying to make a foray in there. Uh, I like the Louisiana, you know, and, and Texas. I don't have any... Texas, I guess I'm not the cup of tea on that part. Uh, I do I do get Alabama, though, and Mississippi, Oxford, Mississippi, Connecticut, uh, North Dakota. Uh, blah, 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 blah. What else am I missing here? Well, United Kingdom. I think I said United Kingdom, and hopefully we'll get some listeners in the United Kingdom when we have uh, Miss Natty May on, on uh, New Year's Day. And, uh, hey, be careful out there. The one thing I did notice, I know I'm dragging this on, is that there was a lot of people, uh, they're not doing any public fireworks or anything because I guess they're trying not to promote uh, big public gatherings. But people have been buying them. They got here uh, the weird laws they have in different states on how you buy fireworks. Like some states are just legal. Otherwise, they, they get around it by saying it's for agricultural use. And you say, Jim, what's fireworks? What's agricultural use about fireworks? They use it to scare away um, birds and animals that may feed on their crops. That's what they say. You sign it, use it for purely, you're not using it for anything other than. That's why, you know, Roman candles, yeah, all that stuff. No, they're made They're made for people. Uh, they should be made of people like Soylent Green. If you ever watch that movie, watch that movie, Soil and Cream. You see, these fireworks are made from people. No, I guess that wouldn't work. You need fireworks, you need gunpowder and stuff like that. But listen, be careful. Thanks again for listening. Oh, I got a phone call coming in. Talk to you later. Bye.